Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm so blessed to be here. I'm actually at, like none other, the Masters. And uh, it's good to be up this morning with my buddy, my mentor, Blaine Bartlett. BlaineBartlett.com. Good morning, Blaine. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I am uh, always, this time of year, envious and jealous. <laughs> well, you just have to go ahead and come down with us. Uh, you know, we got I will one of these years. Here. We definitely have plan it for next year. It's a, a must attend. Uh, some people, like my wife, you know, said that was amazing, but you know, once is enough. And most people, especially golfers, they, they want to come every year. So the crowds keep growing. Uh, unfortunately, so do the ticket prices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's amazing. Hey. We're, we're blessed to have Carolyn Ross joining us on Office Hours this morning. She's the founder president at Ross Insight Solution, uh, a mediator, a consultant, uh, a coach. She does it all, basically, which makes it really easy. Um, and welcome, first of all, uh, to the master's edition of Office Hours, Carolyn. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh Maluka, we have a little bit of sound, so we'll try. We'll try to get going. If not, we'll re-log in and re-log out. But um, you know, the HR business has changed back and forth so rapidly, um, and uh, there was so much change, so much accelerated change. What were some of the bigger critical business issues? Um, I imagine there's so many things you can deal with today because I and playing even longer, you know, we, we've been doing this a long time. I would say that the amount of change that occurred in the last three years, back and forth and twisted and sideways is equal to what I've seen in 50 years. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely true. And it's interesting. I was actually working in healthcare during the pandemic and at the beginning, things were changing so rapidly. And I, you know, I kept saying to people, when you've been doing HR as long as I have, which is now 25 years, um, you think you've seen it all. You think you know the answers to the questions that are going to come up on a day-to-day -day basis, or you can pretty readily figure them out. And then a pandemic hits and all bets are off. Everything goes out the window and, and minute to minute at times, you're trying to figure out and reinvent how you're handling human resource issues um, in any type of business. I mean, suddenly people were all shut down in most industries, not where I was, but um, yeah, and, and so there were a lot of changes, changes in how we worked, where we worked, how we engaged with each other, how management needed to handle and solve problems, I mean, just many, many di different iterations. And it continues really today. I mean, there are still a lot of shifts happening. We had the great resignation. I guess we're past that. Um, but now, you know, we keep getting these new uh, little waves of change that are coming. Um, one of the interesting things I think that's happening now that's unique to the time that I've been doing this work is... Um, I, I, I was wondering if she was going to say artificial intelligence. <laughs> I was going to be getting to ask about where that's going to come into the hiring process. Yeah. So, Blaine, while we wait for Carolyn, I have an issue, um, and we're bringing her back on right now to see if we can get her connection with Luca. But you know what? One of the interesting things we can try try her back on. There we go. So you were saying that one of the most interesting things currently is. Yeah, sometimes in the even in the same company we have layoffs happening, 
and then they're still desperate to hire in other areas and other jobs. Oh, wow. and yeah, in some of the bigger companies. And so I've never seen that happen before where, you know, usually they're either downsizing or they're upscaling and it depends on the, the timing and the company, but um, we're seeing some of both happening in some companies and it's tricky. Unfortunately, the folks that are being let go are not skilled. Oh, are Elena, ready I think for the jobs put... that um that that yeah. uh, all right so this is unfortunate yeah no it happens and you know what i like about this show is it's authentic yeah. and we've been doing it for so long um so this is even interesting i'm going to go back to the question i was going to ask before but i'm going to touch on you know she really surprised me with that like i've never thought of that that it is the first time that I've seen companies, you know, that I'm consulting with laying off certain people. Yeah. It, it seems like they, they're using it as an excuse also just to get rid of, you know, some of the people, which leads to my other question. Some people that aren't performing, uh, I, I think we're going to be in this great realization period. And what do I mean by that is because of artificial intelligence, because of technology itself, you know, most of the people that are running companies look have our experience in our age. Uh, and so, oh, sorry, Carolyn. I'll just finish my thought. I keep, no, I keep bouncing in and out, though. I don't know. Yeah, we see it's that. Not a great... I, I was just making a comment on the great realization. And I think that's what's going to occur yeah. over the next three years. Uh, and one of the realization that's going to happen is people that are look like Blaine and I that are running companies, these middle-aged white men. And I'm just, you know, I, it's just the truth and I'm trying oh, to change it, it. But that's who it is. Uh, we have no clue. And, and I'm blessed because I've been in technology and so is Blaine since the early nineties or even the late eighties. Um, I don't think that the leadership, they know how, how little their employees are working. And they're just starting to realize that you know, what used to take me a whole day may take this kid five minutes. <laughs> and so yeah. they've been getting away. And so there's this great realization of who we need and what we need. And AI is even going to exacerbate it more. And that there's going to be a great period of time of laying off and using the economy as an excuse to lay off these 10,000 people and hire these 100 people at a higher wage that can manage what is actually needed. Yeah, I think that's true. And also the realization that those people want different things than what we were, companies were accustomed to offering. Mm -hmm. um, and in order to, to have them be that productive, that engaged, companies are going to need to offer those different things, you know, more flexibility, wellness, um, a real life balance that people didn't really have before. I used to joke, there's no such thing as work-life balance. If you're working in a full-time job, it's really workplace flexibility when you need time off for something or something unexpected comes up to be able to be a little more flexible around that. But nobody really had balance before. And I think they're pushing for it now in a lot of ways. And, and that's a moving target because balance by definition, when you're balanced, <laughs> it's a precarious position. 
uh, you, you can't hold that state. So there's always yeah. this flow that's kind of moving back and forth. And the key is, how do you cut? I mean, if you walk across a room, by definition, you are off balance. But you've learned how to handle that relationship with gravity such that you can productively move across the room. So managers and leaders today, and this is, I, I think this really is a key leadership question uh, pertaining to balance has to do with beginning to understand that when we're looking at that or through that lens, our hiring questions, uh, our retention questions, our compensation questions, all don't have a stock answer. They're going to be really situationally specific and in the organizations, larger organizations, geographically and departmentally and uh, uh, divisionally relevant. So we're going to start seeing some of the stuff that we're beginning to talk about here, where you're downsizing in one area, increasing uh, in another area, and you're looking at different hiring criteria. That notion of balance, there's a stasis thing that comes into play here. So my question, uh, Carolyn, has to do with, you've got five questions up on your website that managers and leaders you know, need to be paying some attention to in their hiring process and retention process. Are you beginning to see the answers to these questions change? Um, I don't know if I'm seeing the answers change as readily as, as one would think, but I think owners and managers are starting to pay more attention to the questions where they, they really weren't doing that as much in the past. So um, I think this notion of just here's you have a job, you should be happy, you should just show up and be happy to be here is shifting. And as you're saying, what has to happen is, and I this is what I'm talking to my clients about, you need to intentionally create a culture um, that answers those questions mm -hmm. for for the company and for your people. Um, if you want to attract and retain them and engage them and have them be that productive. Um, and so I think companies and, you know, especially when I'm talking with smaller and mid-sized companies um, that are just in their growing phases, you know, fairly early on, take the time now to figure out what you want that to be. And as you're saying, as you're interviewing and choosing those people that you're bringing in and designing the jobs and setting up that staffing plan and structure, um, have that be intentional instead of accidental, especially if you're growing quickly. Mm -hmm. And you know, what, one of the things I'm also seeing as we're raising awareness to you know, these issues of wellness and balance and remote working and flexibility and technology and, you know, the stress that it puts on, especially smaller and mid-sized company in recruiting and retention, uh, you know, to sell a vision uh, that the other larger companies have already uh, achieved um, is that there becomes uh, entitlement uh, that we, we then fall to the other side and lack the engagement and productivity because uh, it's still what I call activity you get paid for. And there's a reason that it's an activity you get paid for. <laughs> and, you know, wh whether you're a professional athlete or whatever, and I think that some of the, the younger people forget that, you know, this is an activity you get paid for. Therefore, it's okay to give you assignments that are not in balance with probably your wellness and your 
family uh, are the two primary ones that, you know, people struggle with. And, you know, there's a lack, talk about, you know, the great realization for the employer that the people are utilizing technology. There's a great realization for the, empo the employees that, that, hey, this is still activity you get paid for. And uh, I think a lot of companies are suffering because employees don't realize this is activity you get paid for for a reason to, you know, take some of that balanced time that you desire and put it towards productivity engagement and what we're doing as a company. So how do you deal with the pendulum swinging too far in the employee empowerment side of, Hey, you know, I want six months off cause I'm having a baby. I want, you know, I want to be able to go where I want, when I want. And, you know, on my schedule, I'll take care of what activity I get paid for. Yeah, I do think the, the real key to that is communication and engagement. Um, I think the more management is out there talking to people, I mean, you're, the only way to shift someone's mindset, the individual employee's mindset around that, is to have those conversations with them um, because they do develop this entitlement um, approach to things. I don't want to call it an attitude because that may sound too extreme, but yeah, I think they've, they've come to expect certain things and they think that they have the power to demand those things. And if you won't offer it to them, then they'll look somewhere else for it. Um, but at some point there has to be a, a sort of a reckoning, a, a rebalancing, you know, back toward the center. And I think the key for individual employers is a lot of communication, really talking to people and saying, look, you know, you're getting paid to do a job. Here are expectations. Be very clear about what that means and hold people to it. And, but do it in a way that's encouraging and engaging again. Yeah. I talk in our company. Yeah. That, Sorry, we'll get Mark on here. Sorry, Blaine, I didn't interrupt you. I just keep it on schedule. But I was going to go say, you know, one of the things that from the very start, whether they're interns uh, or new employees, is, you know, this company has a very high basement. You know, the, the skills, knowledge, and desire that are necessary to work or to have activity you get paid for with us has a very high basement. If that's not for you, you know, let me help you find a place where that's the, the culture, but this is a high basement place. And you know, we, we've had plenty of employees that, you know, weren't, their basements weren't high enough uh, and they moved to a different place and they're the best employee, you know, and they call me going, Oh my God, I'm so bored. And I said, Oh, I, I understand. Uh, so yeah. anyway, we have to have you back when you have better connectivity. I got w way more to talk about. Uh, okay. And uh, yes. Ross, Solutions.com. Carolyn Ross, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank and, you. Uh, think of you here at the Masters. You can come. Good to meet you, Carolyn. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thanks very much. See you later. That's Rick's arm. <laughs> <laughs> there you Good. go. Exactly. All right. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey Mark. how are you? Welcome. How yeah, are Mark. you? Great to see you. Thank you for joining us today. Mark, Mark Cohen, he is. Uh, Bidirect Development International Company CEO and founder, um, and uh, we were just talking about engagement and uh, uh, all the new. I call it the great realization uh, as the pendulum swinging so quickly uh, in either direction. But we were, we were talking about culture, and um, you assist companies 
in my opinion, of, of building culture. Uh, and I think more and more companies are realizing that that foundation is the most valuable thing that a consultant or a leadership or an executive can build and then allow people to make good decisions based off of the culture and, the, and what they do. Um, you know, with Bidirect, Bi uh, how exactly are you going about and what core traits uh, are you instilling in these companies to, to create, you know, this great value? Thank you so much for having us on today. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm grateful with a lot of gratitude. Really, really, I am. Um, you know, we look at we look at every situation differently. We take the person that we are cultivating, the CEO, all the way down to the individual of the employees in the corporation. We set a mindset of what that culture would be or what they're looking for before we go in and create a task and an opportunity and how we can bring that value back into what we can do as a company and what they're looking for and some of their set goals. So everything that we get involved with really for, is really based around the individual that is the mindset of the leader of the particular company that we get involved with. And that's mm -hmm. a global situation with a global company or a individual mom pa company we treat everybody the same and how we can then create a culture or a new culture and what they're looking for because today i look at everybody as that one person that we have in the world today and we try to create that around really more than anything else the personalities within the culture so you know we we try to set some you know guidelines of a five-step system that we have so that we can build out from there because one of the things that I found out in life moving forward more than anything else is people's expectations. You know, I come in and what are your expectations? What are they looking for? How can we then create the expectations of bringing the value back in? So um, we're really strong in those areas more than anything else and develop the relationship. Yeah. I, I like the way that you're positioning that, Mark. You know, when David and I wrote uh, Compassionate Capitalism, you know, the book over my right shoulder here, um, yeah. yeah, the tagline on that book was A Journey to the Soul of Business. And that's essentially what you're describing, I think, is how do we reconnect to that unique, non-replicable uh, resource that makes us unique in our marketplace, in our, in our uh, sector, and then it also brings a liveness to what we do. It's not just a check the box wrote sort of a thing. So getting you know, either connected or reconnected back to that source is a large part of, I, I think, you know, how you create sustainable success because uh, it's, it's going to express itself you know, in different ways over time. And it sounds as if you've actually codified a way in which you can actually reconnect that process. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, 100%. You know, um, the world is changing today, right? It has been changing. It's yep. evolving, you know, and, and we're seeing things that are so dynamic today. And, you know, with the pandemic and with what society is bringing us and the different cultures around the world today. So we have to be really looking for the, you know, being grateful and passionate and, and understanding each one's desires really of what they're trying to achieve today 
that's where I have found myself where I'm, a, I'm different. I go in, we don't sit and analyze. We try to just go in and create the relationship, right? I mean, that's what we're looking for today. We're, we're creating, how can I bring the value that I've had experience over the years of doing business internationally with different government agencies and how could then we bring the value back into developing the relationship when we sit at the table with somebody, you know, even from the breaking of the bread to even just saying, hello, what can we do to try to get that awareness more than anything else out mm -hmm. there and figure out what we can bring the value back to them of what our experiences are. The next thing that I look at also, yeah. which is really important today is how can we bring the value back in of who my contacts are what are they looking for it's not going to be me it's going to be the people behind me that i've had all these experiences with and i'm creating new ones every day and learning every day so i'm open-minded to really be open and and really what i have a little tagline you know in life is that if i could believe something and i could see something okay then i can make something right we, we, we could then start that relationship. So, so there's some of the things that I look for and how we could develop a relationship with somebody. And I think Napoleon Hill would agree with you, uh, especially. <laughs> so, so would Henry Ford. Um, you, know, you, you talk about these five core traits, integrity, accountability, diligence, perseverance, and discipline. And diligence, perseverance, and discipline all take the same character. Integrity is something completely different, which uh, is hard to distinguish in people until you have the opportunity to develop a relationship. But the one that I find most interesting today in agreement with your traits is accountability, because as I've evolved in my own understanding of accountability for myself, uh, I realized that when I was young, my mom would say, you know, Dave, you got to live above the line. You're responsible for everything in your life. And it was all about being responsible, right? I'm responsible. I'm accountable. And then, you know, reading some of the uh, and having mentors like Blaine Bartlett and being on the Transformational Leadership Council, uh, which, you know, really established the secret and the laws of attraction with Asaroff and Bartlett and others. Right. You know, I, I had a, a second new evolution of accountability, this law of attraction. What did I do to attract this into my life? And what am I supposed to learn from it? So now I had responsible and learn, attraction and learn. But as we were discussing with Carolyn Ross, the HR expert, there's this now really difficult accountability uh, that you touched on. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping I heard you correctly. I believe that uh, difficulty that we're having with accountability is people get responsibility. I think the masses have learned about the law of attraction uh, and we're looking for lessons, but now we're in a realm of what am I doing to participate in this perception and what am I supposed to learn from it? And so it's a whole nother evolution of realization of, you know, I'm just participating in a perception and now how am I accountable or, or what am I supposed to learn, which is the same thing to me for this participation. Uh, in your experience, working with so many huge companies and small companies, and you're even a sports visionary advisor, which really intrigues me in, in my background, um, how have you seen companies dealing with 
you know, so many different people participating in different perceptions and trying to teach accountability in that respect. It's very hard. It's very hard because what, what I mean by the word very hard, I'm going to be very direct, like everything I try to do in life. Who am I going to be accountable for? What are the accountabilities that they're looking for? How can I then create value? Because it goes back to what we talked about. What are, what are the expectations of the accountability? Right. If we don't have the expectations of the accountability, what are we doing? Right. And, and, and one of the things that I look at with the accountability part, which is the most important part, is, you know, it's called follow through. It's called what are we doing? How are we getting there? What, what is the accountability of the follow through of what we're trying to achieve? Because I wake up every day. I have to be accountable, number one, to myself. Right. That we have learned and it took oh, look, I'm 65 yesterday. It took a long time to get there. Right. You know, so, 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 you know, I'm, I'm there and I want to live another 35 more years. So first I got to be accountable to myself, David, that's, that's the first thing. Right. And then what, what do we do? Well, if, how are you accountable? I'm accountable because you're looking for me for answers. If I don't have the answers, I got to get them. And then at the same time, it, beside the answers that I have to have for them, okay, because that's what they're looking for, okay, I got to tell them, you got to be accountable to me because I'm trying to give you what you want. So it goes back and forth. And that's the way I look at stuff, you know, more, more so than anything else today. You know, um, the, the accountability is, is a higher level, though, because I look at it this way. When you have countries that can't get along right now in the world today, okay, and how are we going to be accountable to what we're trying to do for the people within the countries? So I have to look at it that way also. It's, it's a big vision picture. My mother used to tell me, Mark, you have a vision. You know something that's going to happen before it happens. Now I have to look for it. I'm looking for it. I'm aware of it. People are not aware of what is in front of them when they have something of value. So I try to give them those, mm -hmm. you know, values of what I could bring to them because, you know, um, I've been, I've been blessed. When you talk about the secret, you talk about the law of attraction more than anything else. I believe that the light of what I could bring to somebody is so important today because somebody tells me, what to do. I am aware of it. I'm looking for it. So I believe that, David, as far as what you're saying mm -hmm. with the law of attraction and the secret and where we're at today, it goes back to the energy, what we bring today, how we're doing it. What, and, and I will tell you, a lot of times I will go into a company and they're not ready for me. Yeah. They're not ready, right? <laughs> they're not ready. And I kind of try to, and there's no convincing anymore, right? There's no convincing because of the years I've been in business, I can't keep pushing. You know, if they don't see it, I got to walk away. And, and the walking away part is the biggest part that I've learned in life today, more than anything else. Because when you walk away, you're really, oh, my God, I might be missing something out. But you and you, everybody knows there's another door that opens up, right? And that's where we have had that, you know, the vibes that, that we get. And... What do we do? We try to pass it on to our kids and our grandkids. And we try to say, leave a legacy. The legacy 
that I find today is every day I'm on a legacy now. The road of the legacy is today with us. I'm leaving. We're, we're here with the legacy, right? So they're the things that I'm, I, I look for to get me going every day. And then it goes back to what you're saying, Dave, is the accountability. This is my accountability. Yeah. Well, first of all, happy birthday. Uh, You're celebrating birthday. Happy birthday, Mark. But I I want to change. I want to change. Want to change one one of your perceptions when uh, and Diane Cannon, one of playing in my friends, uh, she taught me this because I tell people uh, I was born on January 11th at 111. So I would tell people that I'm going to live till 111 and she started looking really sad. I said, what's the matter? She said, why are you limiting yourself? So when you say you're going to live another, say, over 35 years, don't limit Right. Yourself. You're yeah. going to live over 35 years. We don't want to limit ourselves by what we say, do, think, believe, or feel, as you know, Mark. And I love, I think the biggest takeaway from you is, right, just walk away from people that aren't ready for you. They're not on your frequency. You'll, you'll attract more people that are. Come back and join us more. Uh, we we are just blessed uh, to have you on. Blaine, did you have a quick question? I, you, I don't want to cut you off. We got a couple of Well, comments. just to comment on walking away. Yeah, just to comment on walking away from something. You never walk away from anything. You always walk towards something else. Correct. So Thank that's, you. You. I mean, you're, you, everything is in movement all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. That's the wisdom when you get to be over 100 like Blaine. You have that type of wisdom, so it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a, such a believer in 11, 111, 111. You should see everything I do. When I see 11 anywhere on my on my phone, I, I take a screenshot, 111, 211, 311, 11, 11. So, Dave, it makes me feel really great, you know, that we have such an alignment okay, of what we have together. So. It's a great birthday. I want to touch another. I want to touch another billion people with you, Dave. And I told you that when I met you. I, I love so it. We'll be at, so we'll be at two billion, right? Two ones, right? Yeah. On, well, let's, let's we'll it. let Sadhguru <laughs> take care of the rest. Yes, so we'll exactly. Right. Thank you again. Yeah, I love, I love it. It's magic here. Come back and join appreciate us. Thanks. It. Check love out Mark Mark at bydirectdev.com. He's an amazing leader. Thanks for joining us. My All right. We are so blessed. Uh, what a great guest. What great guest. Uh, and we'll have uh, Carolyn back with little uh, blips of technology, which, you know, we, we have. Um, yeah. That's what I love about uh, what we do every Thursday is, uh, you know, I learned something, you know, so much. The, the original idea was, uh, as we had the solo business and office hours for me was, hey, I get to hang out with Blaine once a week and I get to learn from Blaine. I had no idea the extraordinary guests that we would have on every week and get to learn from others. As Amazing. Well. So, and, yeah. and you put, you put up with my shenanigans. So that, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> take, takeaways from today, my friend, what do we got? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole question around HR and balance and you know, fairness and you know, all this sort of thing, everything's always in flux. And, I, I love, and we didn't really, I would love to spend some time unbundling this with you. The distinction between accountability and responsibility. And they are some very, there's some power in both of those. Accountability is a past oriented con- construct. I can account for what got me here. And that accountability 
is absolutely germane to how an organization runs and how somebody is successful in life. You know, I want to be able to do that reflection, that after action review, how I can account for what got me here. No blame involved with it, but it gives me a chance to learn. Responsibility, response able. That's a present moment. I am responsible for this experience right now. I'm, and, and by that, it means I, I'm able to respond, not react, but I'm able to respond intelligently in the moment. You couple those two together, you've got an interesting dynamic. And it's all about the relationship that I have with the for the sake of what? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? Where am I going? What are we doing? You marry those two together and you got an interesting dynamic to play with. Yeah, I think it <clears throat> illustrates the meaning and the importance of the meaning we give to the accountability, right? Because that uh, mm -hmm. pertains to our response ability by the meaning we give to the lessons we learn of the accounting of our past and deciphering the fear uh, that limits us towards the future because of the meaning uh, that we're giving or the accountability that we take. Uh, and when I say it limits us in the future, is that if we give the correct meaning and alignment with the trajectory of where we want to be, our responses yep. to what has happened in the past will be aligned with where we want to be, which which was Mark was saying in his Napoleon-esque, uh, not Napoleon the short guy that was mean, <laughs> but Napoleon Hill, the, the nice guy, uh, in that Napoleon type of philosophy is that's why what you do say, think, believe, you will achieve. It all fits within the context of what you're teaching the accountability and responsibility is being able to give the meaning to the past in the trajectory of where we want to be in the future and then dictating the daily practices in that trajectory according to what we've learned or how we're responding to what we've learned. Brilliant as usual. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt that brilliant starts with a B because that comes from Blaine Bartlett as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> my takeaway. Double B. Uh, yeah, double <laughs> And, you know, I'm DM, so DM me at David Meltzer. See, I learned that. Uh, anyway, um, more importantly, uh, my team's here. Make sure you write down the great realization because I want to do uh, more research with Luca and Gigi on this period of great realization um, in, in the context of business. And I think that was my takeaway. The epiphany that I had is that we are in a period, it's, you know, moving from the great resignation there's a lot of realization going on about balance, about wellness, about technology, yep. about globalization. Um, you know, it's funny when we, we talk about countries not getting along. I, I just think about my mom's lesson to me, you know, study history, son. I was like, history may be the most boring thing. Why do you want me to look to the past? And she always said, because human nature never changes. And the more you study history, the more you'll get in tune with human nature. And the more in tune with human nature you are, the more impact you can have on the world because you'll be able to meet people yep. where they're at, David. And, uh, you know, I get choked up, as you know, when I talk about my mom because so much of her brilliance, oh. when people are like, you know, my, my siblings, uh, they're like, how did your mom's, you know, single mom, six kids in the Ivy Leagues and, you know, the successes they're having, and I think back to these little things that I rolled my eyes at, you know, like, yeah, I got to read mm -hmm. Ben Franklin's autobiography, you know, like why the F, like my mom's an idiot, right? And meanwhile, I'm 55 <laughs> years old. And the, the biggest idiot in my life is my hero <laughs> today. And I've been around some pretty smart yeah. people, uh, as you know, Blaine. And uh, 
I, I hope uh, they can hold a candle to my mom. So uh, more importantly, it's a great realization. What I realize is how blessed I am as I am at the greatest sporting event in history. Uh, it never disappoints. It's like none yeah. other. Next year, whoever wants to come down. I, I, one last thing, like just I got to tell you this because you'll appreciate it. So I had a meetup and about 50 people drove <clears throat> two, two and a half hours. Some people flew in six hours to come just for the meetup. But during the day, I, I was by myself uh, and I was able to help 16 people go to the Masters yesterday. Um, and it was a challenge because the, the badges were originally, they were a shortage of them. So the price of them, I couldn't buy them because the price of them were $3,500 each. Um, and, you know, to send 16 people in at, at that price would not yeah. be worth I've been enough. But, but anyway, uh, as I was able to get everybody in, um, and I sat there like Shawshank Redemption when uh, <laughs> the protagonist was sitting on the roof and everyone else was drinking the beers. Yep. And when they came home for the meetup and other people flew in and drove in for the meetup, in the barbecue that we had, like I, I literally thought to myself, they're, they're glowing, you know, they're David, thank you. This is the greatest sports experience I've ever had. You know, and it was dads and sons and Marissa and my, Miles, my daughter's Marissa, oh. by the way, and Miles, and they went in together. And I sat there and said, I, I hope they understand that I that I received, right? That yeah. that like that I, I was sitting back going, I just I just what a this is my, my favorite master's experience. And it wasn't because I went in. It wasn't Tiger Woods, which I stood and watched him sink that shot with the Nike commercial. I was yep. there. What I experienced yesterday was 10 times uh, as ex uh, exciting and fulfilling than anything I've ever done in sports. And I was sitting alone it. Watching, watching it on TV, doing my emails. Uh, so I hope people receive that the way it is. Uh, and understand giving, receiving, and witnessing like I do uh, because of my mentors like Blaine Bartlett. And I can see my friends below mm -hmm. shaking their heads. So uh, it's amazing how many people that get it, get it. And not everybody's ready for it, but when you are, receive right. it and uh, you will give more. I want to thank you for teaching me those lessons and guiding me still. Blaine Bartlett, if you want that guidance, uh, please reach out to Blaine. He's uh, one of the world's greatest coaches, uh, mentors, executives, teachers, and friends that I have, and I'm blessed uh, to have you and your wife in my life. Uh, so I will see you soon. Just make me one promise before I let you go. Next year, yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. You're in. I love you. Thank you. It's a date. <laughs> right. The great Blaine Bartlett. I want to thank Mark Cohen, Carolyn Ross. I want to thank Raluca and Gigi, my two producers of the show. Uh, we're blessed to have one of the biggest uh, LinkedIn shows now. Uh, in the world. So even with technology the way it is, uh, there's no glitz or glamour here, just content, really good content with good people. Remember, most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Take care.